Hello, I'm Catherine Matheson. This is the Grandmother Stories Podcast. If you enjoy these episodes and you're looking for more content like this more often, check out Stonesong Wisdom at katherinematheson.substack.com. Episode 27, When Worlds End, Part 4, The Sphere of Dwar. Dear Grandchildren, We are on a journey together in remembering the events that ended the Age of Magic and the diminishing of the world as it once was. This is Part 4 of a six-part series to be told on each full moon and each new moon through January, February, and March 2024. Throughout the first three parts, we've been imagining a culture preparing for the end of the world they knew. We have been watching as this culture engaged its people to do three things. First, to accept the inevitability of the coming change. Second, to think differently about the way they lived their daily lives as they prepared to meet this ending. Third, to plant seeds of hope and renewal for the survival of their culture in its aftermath. In this episode, we will explore both why and how this culture spent the last of its resources to ensure its knowledge would survive its end. And for this exploration, we turn to the Merlin. Not King Arthur's Merlin, but the Merlin. The Merlin who is one of the three. The Merlin who is the guardian of the ways of all that is unseen, and the one who happened to hold this title during the time we are discussing, an ancient time of long ago, many thousands of years before even the events in the Middle Ages where we most often hear that Merlin comes from. And during this ancient time, we arrive several weeks before the announcement to the people that their world will end. We arrive before sunrise in the village of the Brilliant Land, the day after the Merlin and his student Kamina have returned from a journey seeking guidance from the wisdom beyond the galactic doorway, as explained in episode 10 of this podcast and in chapter 3 of When Worlds End at katherinematheson.substack.com. And in this moment... As the Merlin and Kumina walk up the trail to the west of their village, up the long sloping hill that leads to the wood chant, they stop for a moment to watch the stars begin to disappear. The sun will soon rise above the eastern horizon beyond the stone song and the great forest. The sky pales from deepest blue to lightest purple with bands of gold beginning to show. Turning, the Merlin and Kamina reach the top of the hill and the entrance to the woodchant with moments to spare. They are greeted by several others, including the wise ones and the old ones of their village, and from all the villages of their people, and representatives from the people of the Star Roads, affectionately called Star Cousins. These others who have been meeting for several days, laying out the experiences and the concerns of their communities, speaking together of the signs and the portents, the events and the foretellings, the histories and the prophecies of everything relevant to their growing understanding of the coming end of the current age. 
but in this moment, as golden light swallows the night sky to make way for the blue of a clear morning, all of them here, within the wood chant, begin to sing. They join the chorus of birdsong to welcome the new day. The sacred fire is burning, and the sacred drums are echoing the heartbeat of the earth as the light of the sun grows and strengthens, and the day begins. After the singing comes the chanting, a constantly evolving call to the day, from the days and the weeks and the months before, a weaving of ancestral memories with current events, and the setting of the tone for the speaking to come. Once the last of the rhythm of the chants falls to silence, a silence is kept for a space of time, as each one present stands within the vibration of this day, this light, this vibration created by the chanting and the singing. They are allowing themselves to become attuned to each other and to this place and to the work of the day ahead. And the majesty of this place, the wood chant, provides the strength of its own attunement. It is a grove of towering oak ringing a vast circular meadow on the hilltop. The huge oak trees are surrounded by ancient hawthorn and yew and hazel, with many rowan and ash, and elder and beech, and elm and birch trees populating the great forest that flows down the far slope and away from the village, covering the width and the breadth of this land as far as the eye can see and as far as anyone can walk. The vibration and the thrum of the lives of every tree and root and herb and every creature that flies or crawls or walks is added to this attunement, as the frequency of those standing within the wood chant feel their connection with everything around them. And a great light begins to flow through everything, a light that is felt and seen and tasted and known. Into this light, the Merlin and Kamina are again welcomed by the others and then they are asked to share the messages they bring from the great galactic doorway. Kamina speaks the first message. Remember the pathways. Breathe in wisdom. Align with beauty. Let fall what must fall. Clear the broken patterns and reweave them. Let growth evolve everything. Then Merlin speaks the second message. Dance the elements into transformation. Sing the words to hold the pattern fast. Invite the earth to glow. Invite such power and such grandeur as is willing to attend until our mother is overflowing, her winds and her currents and her innermost fires, her breathing forests and her wheeling skies. May she take this multitude of offerings deep into stones and deep into seas, where it settles, where it keeps, where it lasts as long as it must for all the long ages that lie ahead. And then Kamina speaks the third message. To regenerate the ways, to repurpose the pattern, 
to set the healing course, to hold all and keep all and heal all, that we may all live in harmony and reverie and ever-expanding joy. As they speak the words transmitted to them, the wise ones and the old ones and the star cousins standing all around them in the wood chant begin to glow in different colors. And as they glow, they all begin to hum. And then they hold their arms up and they allow the colors flowing through them to meet in the space between their heads and the canopy of the great oak trees. And then a brilliant glowing pattern begins to form. It is a swirling, circular weaving, hovering, and its threads connect those who weave it with all life around it and with every dimension within it and across all ages of being and time. It is a sphere reflecting the great pattern of life. It is a holographic sampling of the encoded wisdom of every ancient culture in the deep past, far older even than this ancient time remembers. It is a drop of knowledge from every pool of knowing spooled from every corner of the universe. There is a name for this living, breathing, knowing pattern. It echoes the roots of the oak trees that are knotted below the people standing here in this moment. It echoes the branches of the oak trees that are entwined above them. It is the sphere of duar, the ancient word for oak, the word that speaks of doorways and interconnection. This is the word that speaks of the druids gathered here on this day. This sphere of duar is woven in light and color and beings, in stones and plants and creatures, and in planets and moons and stars. It holds all the answers required for Kamina and the Merlin and the wise ones and the old ones and the star cousins gathered here today. And when everyone here, including the mages and the seers and the keepers and the singers, begin to study this pattern, they know it will remain with them all this day and that it will dissolve when the sun sets. There are, of course, songs and chants sending the sun on its way and welcoming the night at the end of the day. The wood chant will be filled with songs and chants throughout the night and the sacred fire will be kept burning. Some of the wise ones will watch through the night, reading the stars and the energies. The next day, following the morning practice, everyone there will begin to speak and to listen as the patterns within the Dwar sphere they were able to glimpse are discussed and considered. and the glimmer of many pieces of ancient wisdom never before known will be acknowledged and applied to the current circumstances now faced by their own communities. And when all is said and all is done over that day and over many days that follow, a plan is agreed upon. We have learned together how the ancients who walked this land met their respective ends, said the archdruid Dara in the last moments of this long and focused gathering. We have been shown how to follow their footsteps in keeping and in preserving who we are, what we know, 
and how we work with the land and the cosmos in remaining connected to all that lives. The Archdruid thanked every person here by name, speaking their lineage and who they represent. Your presence here will become a part of the energetic record woven into the patterns of endings and beginnings, and the patterns of deepest wisdom and knowing within the known universe, and also into the patterns of connection between peoples and places, he said. Your presence here will become one of your most resonant soul memories, and something you will carry with you for all the eons of your existence. We now know what to do, he said. We will pour our energies and our knowledge into the land first, into the stones and the waters and the air and the plants. And then we will pour these energies and this knowing into our bones and into our soul-deep memories. In this way, our knowledge and our wisdom will be added to the patterns of the ancients and also to the Dwar sphere, to be given to future peoples so they may access what is needed when they face their own endings. Dear Grandchildren, In this episode, we have explored both why and how this culture spent the last of its resources to ensure its knowledge would survive its end. In the final two parts of this series, we will see how these ancient ones accomplished these two things, how they poured their wisdom into the land, and how they poured it into their bones and into their souls. Thank you for listening to Part 4 of the six-part series, when worlds end. Part 5 will be posted during the next new moon on March 10th. See you soon. I'm Catherine Matheson. This is the Grandmother Stories Podcast. If you enjoy these episodes and you're looking for more content like this more often, check out Stone Song Wisdom at katherinematheson.substack.com.